This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston from The Athletic. And week five is in the books, Brandon. And we got pickups and a lot of them as the injury imp had run amok. Uh, it was a Sunday bloody Sunday across the league. And as a result, major players fell those dominoes, flattened out. Uh, meanwhile, it's a next man up league, so the door of opportunity swung wide open for a number of guys. But uh, before we get to our fantasy five and our top waiver wire ads for week six, let's dive in on a concrete takeaway. And here's mine. I'll get your thoughts on this as well. Uh, you know, I love the player props market. I can't resist them. I, I fire off all kinds of uh, tickets every single week. I have a spreadsheet that I post for free on social media. Uh, by the way, follow Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. And I track my record, good, bad, and the ugly. I'm up uh, quite a bit of units. I've had a very successful run so far this season, which means there's only one direction to go, and that's down. But, Brandon, one thing that has boosted the bottom line for me are, are the overs on longest catch props. And I've noticed a trend for a number of players, uh, particularly named Jamar Chase, Henry Ruggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and I'll even throw in Hollywood Brown as well. All they do is cash the overs. That is the best wager out there that nobody, I think, is playing consistently. Las Vegas a little slow to the take on that, and that's, you know, we've been talking about this. They can handle... You know, the the game score and the the over under on the game score, they can handle the point spread for teams. But where the advantage is, is finding these little these little nuances within the player prop world. They have a hard time casting their net to to really be able to kind of lock down the right numbers for all these different players and all these different props. And, yeah, right now it seems like the market inefficiency for Vegas is on these on these receivers catching these over on catches, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, another guy throw in there. And, yeah, and yeah. as you mentioned, so uh, I like that. Um, mine from a more fantasy uh, kind of standpoint is that LaVisca Chenault, the, the consistent LaVisca Chenault is not a thing. Like we thought that <laughs> we thought that last week he was unlocked as a regular fantasy contributor that all the, preseason buzz and hype around him and how athletic he is and how big of a weapon he's going to be for this Jacksonville team was, you know, we had that coming into the season and it wasn't happening, but then he, last week we saw it and DJ shark got injured. And we talked ourselves into, okay, this is a consistent LaVisca that we all expected going forward. And guess what? One catch. Now, that was on Sunday. He didn't take it for 58 yards, which does show why we do like him because 39 of those yards were yards after the catch, and you see the running back ability. Oh, that receiver. stiff arm at the end of that was vicious. Yeah. That guy had a family. Getting more, getting more targets. He had three total targets, and Marvin Jones an issue as well. It's just the only thing bankable right now in this offense is James Robinson and as you like to say, Trevor Lawrence, rushing yards from a prop bet yeah. standpoint. But. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because Marvin Jones definitely suffering, as you mentioned. But we may get to a player here momentarily that could wind up being a king of consistency within this offensive scheme. So enough with the tease already, Brandon. I know you like to show a little shoulder because you're just <laughs> dirty and naughty and filthy like that. Let's get to it with another edition of the Fantasy Five. <laughs> Number five. Oh, yeah, let's talk some tight ends, including one that is a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, or this week the London Jaguars, Dan Arnold, David Njoku, Hunter Henry. All of them had standout performances 
in week number five. Uh, Brandon, rank those guys for me if you're looking for assistance at the tight end position. Maybe you're sick and tired. You're fed up with TJ Hawkinson and his dreadfulness here these last couple of weeks. You're like, you know, I'm going to bench him until he gets healthy until further notice. I'm going to insert one of these guys. Who are you willing to go out and spend the most money on? And uh, whoever you determine out of that group, then tell me how much you're willing to spend on said player with a $100 fab budget. What do you got? Yeah, I'm actually going to give Hunter Henry a slight lean here. And you know I like Dan Arnold. I've been talking him up ever since Jacksonville went out and targeted him in the trade and brought him in in like three days after the trade. You know, gave him a couple big catches in that game last week. And then now in his first full game, he gets eight targets. So very encouraging. But I, I, Hunter Henry's been good this year. I think he's tight end eight and half PPR. His worst games are like 30 plus yards. And that's when you're living kind of outside the top half of the tight end one class, like just make, having a baseline like that for your worst games, like three for 35, you can live with that. It's a lot of guys out there when they have their bad games, it's like zero, you know. So Hunter Henry's finding the end zone of late and he's been he's been relatively consistent. So I will go with Hunter Henry one very closely followed by Dan Arnold. And then I, then you get to the guy I was kind of talking about with that inconsistency in the back half of the tight end one and into that kind of tight end stream world. David Njoku has had a couple games where he's given you almost nothing. You know, he's had a couple really big games, including this last week. But the but just getting the consistency is what I'm looking for. And I don't think I'm ready to bet on Njoku in that respect. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to go with Dan Arnold at number one. Slide edge over Hunter Henry, although it's really close. And Hunter Henry, yeah. is uh, his roster percentage is right around 45%. So Arnold uh, certainly uh, more widely available in Yahoo leagues right now. And Njoku, I think, has a, a roster percentage below five. I've been thinking Njoku's more of a roller coaster ride, though. He's played at least 46 snaps in his last three games, and he's ran around on 81% of the snaps that he has played. But Arnold, man, he is here to stay. And the schedule upcoming is pretty damn nice. You know, you get Miami and London, 12 most fancy points to the tight end position, then the bye week, and they get your Seattle Seahawks. And we know the issues that they have had defensively this year. And they've allowed the 14th most points to the tight end position. We saw the spike in snaps and overall usage going from 18 to 52. He ran a route 88.2% of the time in week five, which resulted in, Eight targets, six catches, 64 yards. And quite honestly, I think he's going to get, you know, a good three to six catches every single week moving forward. They traded for him for a reason. And Urban Meyer has come out and said, we love the guy. Uh, I don't know if he loves Dan Arnold like he does 20-somethings at a random bar in Cincinnati. But in this moment, uh, I think Dan Arnold will certainly be more than serviceable for fantasy devices. So I'm be willing to spend anywhere between maybe 10 to $15 if I need a tight end in a 12-team or deeper league. Number four. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a running back. And and I know you're kind of lukewarm about this individual, but I think it's important to toss it out there because I, I think Damian Harris could be on somewhat thin ice after another fumble loss. And this one was at a critical juncture in the game against Houston. He lost at the goal line. I thought he broke the plane. Uh, it was under review for an eternity. It would have been a second touchdown of the game. But no, they reversed it. He coughed it up. He used to recover the end zone. And then Damian Harris was exiled to Elba. Uh, he did <laughs> suffer the chest injury and shoulder injuries listed as day-to-day. Uh, we'll see if he can return. But maybe Ramondre Stevenson, who had 11 carries uh, in that game against Houston, uh, starts to nibble, starts to snack more 
on the overall opportunity share. So, look, there are a lot of people out there in dire need of running back assistance. If you're one of those individuals and knowing you got the Cowboys, the Jets, and the Chargers upcoming, Dallas giving up 4.2 yards per carry running back. The Jets rank inside the top 10 of most fancy points allowed at the running back position. And the Chargers are giving up 5.5 yards per carry to RBs. Maybe Stevenson's worth a few bucks. Yeah, he's a guy I rostered early in the year because he was exciting in the preseason. I mean, he wasn't exciting in this game. 11 carries, 23 yards, kind of looked a little bit football Frankenstein-ish, kind of running into the middle of the line. I think Damian Harris is going to be okay, but uh, certainly if you're a Damian Harris manager, you might want to go out and just kind of just hedge a little bit and add Stevenson just to give yourself some security there. Deeper leagues, maybe you roll the dice. One guy I wanted to throw out there, and I brought this up on our radio show, Sirius XM radio show, is Jeff Wilson. People are forgetting about Jeff yes, Wilson. Good call. Who will, who will, you know, San Francisco is on a bye this week. Coming off the bye next week, he'll be available to come off IR. I was just looking it up. He was the number five fantasy running back over the final month of the season last year. Five of his or four of his 11 games went for 20 plus half PPR fantasy points. So, there's some upside. There's some opportunity for him to show up and potentially lead this backfield. Elijah Mitchell probably going to be mixed in, but I think we can kick Trey Sermon to the curb because clearly Kyle Shanahan is not that excited about Trey Sermon. Ooh, yes, and don't be shocked if Jeff Wilson eventually becomes the lead back in San Francisco. That's a spicy meet the ball there, Mr. Funston. Number three. All right, let's go to another running back, a switcheroo. This one in the Big Apple, as we saw Saquon Barkley, and uh, now I'm starting to get the upchucks, uh, thinking about that ankle. It was the size of a grapefruit. It was disgusting, a little friendly fire rolling up on Kadarius Toney. Uh, and then he was carted off uh, in a carnage game for the Giants. You lose Daniel Jones for how long, we don't know. You lose Kenny Galladay uh, to a hamstring for how long, we still don't know, uh, to go along with the fact that Sterling Shepard, hamstrung, to go along with the fact that Darius Slayton, hamstrung. I mean, it's been rough going for the G-men, just miniaturized by the injury. And so Devontae Booker, uh, with the expectation that Saquon's going to miss at least a game, maybe two, maybe a little bit more, kind of uncertain there. Uh, and the schedule upcoming, you get the Rams, the Panthers, and the Chiefs. Yeah, you like that Chiefs matchup. Uh, what do you do with Booker? How much are you willing to spend on him? Uh, and what are your expectations here straight away? Well, he's not the most exciting waiver wire giant this week, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. But yeah, uh, yeah, Saquon Barkley had a big apple on his ankle after that thing, and so look at we're in a situation with this running back position where any starting running back is worth our attention, and that's what Devontae Booker is going to be. He's a poor man Saquon, and he's versatile. You know, he can he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can do that stuff. He just can't do it as good as Saquon, obviously. But um, yeah, I mean he's He's worth a few bucks. There's going to be, like I said, if I if I could get by without this week, I'd be going after Jeff Wilson more. And there's another guy we're going to be talking about that I'd be going after more. But he's probably, I think Barkley is good for two DMPs, and that's worth. Uh, it's not. It's probably not worth double figures, Fab. Uh, fab bid, but it's maybe close. Maybe you're in that seven to ten range if you really need a running back for these next couple weeks. Yeah, I may go a little bit more. Uh, I mean, if you're desperate, I mean, maybe right now you're below 500. Hell, maybe you've only won one game this year, and you're just like, I have to get a win. I got to win now, or my season's done, right? Yeah. Um, then I, I think you got to go out there and probably spend upwards of $15 on them. Uh, you know, the Rams have given up 
uh, quite a few chunk gains on the ground this season, even with Aaron Donald there. I mean, they get a 4.3 yards per carry the running back position. If there is an area of uh, vulnerability for Carolina, it's up front. They've given up 4.2 yards per carry to the running back position. So volume is king, and he's going to get it as long as Booker uh, or as Saquon is sidelined. Booker will probably get, what, 15 to 20 touches in a game? But you're right. I mean, this is just so a ho-hum. It's like going to the Baskin-Robbins. You got 31 flavors. You're like, uh, yeah, I'll just take a scoop of vanilla, please. Yeah. <laughs> no toppings either. Not even a waffle cone. I mean, that's boring. That's what Devontae Booker is. But sometimes it's still ice cream, and it's still delicious. Number two. All right, staying in New York, uh, let's talk about Devontae Booker's partner on the offensive side, uh, the pugilist himself, uh, who I don't think is going to be suspended from what we've heard. But, man, uh, did he levy a near knockout punch of the Dallas Cowboys, statistically speaking, Kadarius Toney. Going off, Brandon. Last two games, 22 car- targets, 16 catches, 267 yards. Uh, man, that's getting it done. He's got a 76.9 catch rate, and he is wide receiver five and yak per reception. I was totally wrong on this, dude. I thought Dave Gettleman fumbled by spending first-round draft capital on him. I said you probably should have got yourself an offensive lineman to protect Daniel Jones a little bit better. But Kadarius Tony showing out and living up to the hype that was in Gettleman's head a guy that put up some crazy good numbers at the University of Florida. So what do you make of him? How much are you willing to spend? Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's going to be interesting. He's going to be a diva at some point. Once he, oh my once God. he kind of T.O. level diva. Yeah, he is going to be a big time. But he has the talent to back it up, and that wasn't something I, I really realized. Um, but just watching him, very, very, very impressed these last couple of weeks. And I was thinking, oh, you know what? This could go away as soon as Sterling Shepard comes back because they've always talked about using him in the slot. But he ran almost all of his uh, plays on the outside this last week, and it, and it fit him well. He looked great doing it. So I don't think it matters where you play this guy. I think his talent is a separator. I think he's here to stay. I mean, let's be honest. How many times are you going to have all the Giants receivers healthy in a, in a given week? So uh, I think Kadarius Tony is going to have no problem getting playing time going forward. He's my number one guy this week. Uh, he's not the number one guy on this list that we're talking about right now, but I would go – I would be pushing 30 bucks, 25, yeah. 30 bucks probably. Yeah, that's fair. Him. So, to be honest with you. Yeah, I like the versatility. You know, I like the fact that he is more than just a gadget receiver. You know, you talked about him working outside, but he can also be effective in jet sweeps. You can you know, run him on a shallow cross, and he's got to get the yak. Very impressive. And it, I don't think it really matters if it's Daniel Jones or the giant mozzarella stick himself and Mike Glennon. Like he, he's, it, didn't, it didn't on Sunday. He, no, he was, it doesn't. And again, Galladay is likely going to miss uh, at least a game, if not more. Who knows when Shepard and Slayton are going to be back? I mean, the cupboard is bare, and he is a last man standing. So, you know, he's already proven it out these last couple of weeks. He's going to continue to have success, even in tough matchups against the Rams and the Panthers upcoming. Why? Volume. And again, volume is king, as we mentioned with Booker. Also, it applies to Tony, 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 who's going to do it again. Number one. All right, Brandon, number one on the list. Uh, it's got to be Darrell Williams. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, as Clyde Edwards-Alaire, is going to miss multiple weeks with an MCL sprain, exact same injury that Dave Montgomery suffered from, and he's out five to six. So I would expect him to go on injured reserve, uh, miss a minimum of three games. 
Um, you know, you've got Jarek McKinnon still there in the mix as well. These next three weeks, though, the schedule really starts to soften, starts to open up for Kansas City. I know they've been a, a colossal disappointment right now in the dungeon of their own division, but they could get right in a hurry. You get the fighting footballs on the road. You get Tennessee after that. You get the New York Giants. So the fighting footballs only give it 3.6 yards per carry, but the Titans have given up 4.7 to the G-Men, 4.9. How much money are you willing to spend on Williams knowing that CEH averaged 16.3 touches per game? Big void, and he should be the man that fills most of those vacated touches. So uh, what are your thoughts on Darrell Williams? Yeah, what do you think, like 12 to 14 touches per game? Yeah, sounds, that's exactly what like I'm that. thinking. Yeah. And McKinnon probably getting six to eight. Yeah, so and I do like that schedule an awful lot. You look at Kansas City as as rough as it's been for them, not not used to being in last place. They are averaging four red zone attempts per game, which is seventh in the league. And we know Daryl Williams is going to be first in line for goal line carries uh, for touchdown upside. And they'll throw to him a little bit. He's kind of a lunch pail guy, but like it, a lunch pail guy getting 12 to 14 touches in a Kansas City Chiefs offense. I'm in. I need that. I mean, people need that right now at the running back position. If it's four or five weeks, you'll take it. Um, Gosh, probably worth something in the similar range to Kadarius Tony. What I was just mentioned, 25, 30 bucks. You kind of have to go in pretty strong. What were we throwing around for Damian Williams? Because it's probably uh, close. 30 to 35, know. I think. Yeah, I think uh, you're a little, bit less on, a little bit less on Daryl Williams than on Damian Williams, but it's, it's in the ballpark. It's in the vicinity, and it needs yeah. to be. Uh, you know, he was before the CEH injury. Uh, he was a guy that was inside the top 20 in red zone percentage. So, you know, he was being heavily utilized in that capacity. Yeah, you have the goal line gremlin there and Patrick Mahomes, but, you know, this offense is still explosive, you know, still eruptive in nature. And if he's the guy that's going to be, you know, sniffing the goal line, I, dude, there there could be a touchdown a week here potentially well, for him. By the way, I think quarterbacks across the league are Grem- are being goal line gremlins to their running back. So this isn't just unique for Kansas City. It is everywhere. Sam Darnold has five touchdowns, for God's sakes. Uh, Tom Brady's running. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, if you want to talk about a moneymaker, just take the over on Tom Brady half a rush yard, and you're going to cash. Yeah. Like, he's getting, like, chunk gains. That's crazy. Uh, we're living in the upside down, no doubt about it. All right, before we get out of here, uh, you're a Seattle guy. I-, I know you're a bit despondent right now. Uh, because of the crooked keep your uh, finger, the mallet finger of Russell Wilson. Yes, he had a yes, he had a yeah, Brandon. Oh, no, I didn't do it. But the surgeons did. They fixed it. Uh, but he's out upwards of six to eight weeks. Uh, you know, If you're in a super flex or two quarterback format, how much are you willing to throw a Geno? Oh, you're you're the guy who's been probably best to answer this because you've been throwing money and in, in desperation at anybody who kind of emerges here. Um, I mean, Geno, it's looking like week 10 is when Russell Wilson wants to come back. So that's, uh, you know, that's what five, five solid weeks of Gino in there. Um, look pretty good. You know, it could be a Jameis Winston situation where he went away from a bad situation, learned from a really good quarterback and is now in a much better environment than he was before. I think he can actually be a, you know, a top 24 quarterback week in and week out while, um, you know, while Wilson is out and that makes him usable gosh what are you planning on bidding because i know you're gonna do it so why don't you tell me what you're bidding uh, i gotta even think about how much money i have left in that league after shelling out an obscene amount of money for davis mills but it worked for me this last week 
Um, you know, probably anywhere between 30 to 35 bucks is what it's going to take in a super flex. Uh, if you lost Russell Wilson, I mean, that mm. it's almost a necessity unless you had that luxury of, of drafting a third quarterback. You know, Gio- this is the kind of time of year where your battleship can be sunk if you don't have the, you know, something in place there in a super flex league. So, yeah, you might have to, if you're a Russell Wilson manager, you might have to come close to emptying the kitty on him yeah that's just a depressing state of affairs right there (laughs) it's thinking about that uh but you know it it is what it is and that's what you got to do in that kind of format and a guy that has some of that duality you know he is going to be a magnet for turnovers we still got dk metcalf you still got tyler lockett you're going to get chris carson back we think eventually um you know gino could go out there and i wrote this in my column i think he could be a borderline top 15 guy i really do with those weapons around him and again with those rushing yards boosting the bottom line overall and the schedule upcoming it's not all that frightening outside of maybe new orleans but you got pittsburgh and jacksonville in the bye week so mm. you know gino 30 35 oh, god desperate times oh most certainly call for desperate measures and that is a wrap on this edition of the fantasy fast track podcast please check out funson on social media and on twitter at brandon funson follow me there at noisy huevos drop us a rating and a review if you enjoy this podcast And as always, until next time, adios, amigos!